welcome back to Blackbuster. Hello, hi, hey, how are you? Uh, I'm your host, Malcolm Russell Nelson, uh, and I just want to say hi. How you doing? Uh, talk to you a little bit. Um, you might hear that we sound a little bit better, a little different maybe, maybe a little clearer, hopefully a little clearer, that'd be good. Uh, it's because uh, your host here uh, went and got some real professional high grade stuff high grade you know like ghetto high grade but like high grade enough uh so hopefully this sounds better hopefully the audio quality is nicer and crisper and i can come to you with uh, that crystal clear clarity uh but i digress welcome back to blockbuster blockbuster that's where we are hey welcome back uh you already know what the podcast is, but in case you don't, uh, this is where we talk about roles in black cinema, uh, roles that are understated, roles that aren't given enough due, uh, and I'm here to give them due. I'm here to talk about, you know, a little bit of nuance in those roles. Uh, just open up a conversation, really. Just, you know, open up a brain conversation for you about these roles and why they're important, why they're great. Um, so let's get started. Today's episode... Uh, is a role very dear to my heart. Uh, I like to, I, I always say that, you know, I feel like, I feel like every episode I start off with, oh, this is very dear to my heart. But I mean, that's kind of where we come from. You know, we come from a place of passion and today's role is all about passion. Uh, as a, as a, as a kid, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start off real personally. As a kid, uh, there's two sports that I really liked. One was baseball. It's a baseball kid, and I guess that's the New Yorker in me. Um, you know, I love baseball. Uh, I wanted to be Daryl Strawberry when I grew up. <laughs> Kids, look up Daryl Strawberry. Um, <laughs> that's the oldest person I could reference, probably, in baseball. <laughs> so that that's cool, uh, showing my age a little bit. Um, so yeah, I loved baseball. The other sport I really loved was boxing. And that was the one I didn't tell people about. But I really loved boxing. I think, and I still do. I think boxing is the best sport possible. I, I think it's it's truly, that's the only one that's truly just a measure of endurance and human feat. Um, not everyone could be a boxer. I think you could train anybody to do pretty much any other sport. I don't think anybody, I don't think everybody could be a boxer. Um boxing takes something it it takes something on the inside some kind of gumption you know it's hard um being a person who loved boxing and being a person who loved movies uh i grew up loving the rocky movies i love rocky uh i love rocky's triumphs i love rocky's you know downfalls rocky the the rocky saga is a true american story um it's kind of what I love about boxing in general. Boxing is a true American story. And the Rocky Saga definitely continues that. It is a true American story. Uh, and with that, uh, there was one character in the Rocky movies that I really loved. Really, really loved. And that's Apollo Creed. Apollo Creed was the coolest friggin' guy. That guy just, he had it. He had it. Uh, he he was he was. 
I mean, first off, he was a good boxer. But Carl Weathers' performance as Apollo Creed was awesome. He was a fun guy. He was driven. Uh, he was energetic. Like, he he just, he, he was amazing, you know? I remember the first time I saw Rocky IV, and <laughs> Apollo Creed gets killed in the ring, and I was like, whoa, what? You could do that in a sport? You could kill somebody? <laughs> That's crazy. And I was crushed, man, because, you know, I liked Apollo Creed a lot. Um... You know, but those but those movies were Rocky movies, you know? So Apollo Creed wasn't the main character. Um, and it made sense. So cut to 20... I think it's like 2013, 2014. When I hear that they're going to do another Rocky movie. Uh, this time, it's going to be about Apollo Creed's son. And my mind was blown. Because I was like, wow, there's there's a lot of potential there. That'd be pretty awesome, you know. And I mean, twenty fourteen, you know, I'm I'm twenty four years old, uh, you know, I'm I'm the perfect age for that to be for me, you know. I was like, wow, there's a lot of potential there. That movie could be pretty amazing. Uh, you know, here here's hoping, here's hoping that's great. Uh, you know, but I mean, here we are taking you know a character that comes from a side character, you know, it's, it'll be fun. But yeah, let's let's watch that when it comes out. You know, and you see the first trailer. And that first trailer is all about heart and drive. And I say, okay, I, th- I think they have something interesting here. I think they have something interesting here. Um, so at that time, I'm working at the movie theater. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I, I used to work in a movie theater. It's funny because I work in a different movie theater now, but I used to work in a movie theater, a uh, big house movie theater, a Cinemark. Um, so at that time, when it comes out in 2015, I'm working there. Um, we didn't have it very long in theaters, and I I missed it. I just, you know, was excited about it, but I, I just missed it. Um, but as soon as it came out on home release... You know, I, I buy it on iTunes, so I go watch it on my iPad, because I, you know, that's how I was watching most of my movies. I buy it pretty much immediately. Uh, and there's a day where I'm, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I, I don't even remember what the circumstances were, but I think I was, like, on my way to either work or some kind of event for work or something. And, you know, I take public transportation, so I was like, ah, it's going to take a while. Let me, let me go ahead and start this. I started Creed. And I was immediately sucked in. Immediately sucked in by a few things. Um, specific, like, specifically, like, I was really sucked in by Stallone's performance. Uh, I thought, here's a Sylvester Stallone that, you know, is absolutely vulnerable. Like, finally. Like, I, I see how vulnerable and how raw that character is. It's the first time since, like, the first Rocky that he's felt like a real person and not just an icon. Um, which is amazing. You know, I, I think he, I still think he was robbed of a Academy Award that year. I think he should have gotten Best Supporting. Like, I think he should have won it. Uh, there's no performance that good that year otherwise. Um, but I'm really drawn in by the characters and the world that they flesh out there and Adonis Creed, uh, the titular character. Uh, Adonis Creed, a young man who is haunted by the specter of his father. Uh, 
played by Michael B. Jordan uh, in the first Creed movie. Um, ha- Haunted is the only way that you could really say it. He's he's fighting against his father. He's fighting against his father's legacy. He wants to make his own legacy. He doesn't go by the name Creed. He goes by Johnson. Gets very specifically mad anytime somebody says that he's a Creed, you know. Uh, so I'm watching this movie. I'm watching it in public transportation. Got my headphones in, you know. And you get to the final battle of that movie uh, where Donnie's going up against Pretty Ricky Conlon. Uh, Pretty Ricky Conlon, you know. <laughs> Uh, who, you know, this whole movie has insisted on calling him a fake Creed and stuff like that. And uh, there's a bit where, you know, it's middle of the fight, you know, uh, they're in the corners and Rock is asking if, you know, Donnie wants to pull the fight. And Rock's like, you know, I'm, I'm going to pull you out of the fight. I'm going to pull you out of the fight. We're, we're calling it. And then he says, no, you can't. I, 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 and Rock is like, why? He's like, I gotta prove it. I was like, prove what? And Donnie says that I wasn't a mistake. And I, I'm tearing up right now. Uh, that is when I knew, okay, they nailed this movie. That character rules, um, because that's a that's a relatable thing. That's that's easy to relate to. They they have a lot of thoughts, and I'm trying to condense them all into a cohesive thing. This is what happens when you don't write a script. Everybody, man, I should go back to writing scripts. It just takes so long. Um, you know that's. Here's a young man. Here's a young black man who is taking up the path that he's meant to take, which is also the path of his father, and he's, quote, following in his father's footsteps, but is fighting against the legacy of his father and fighting against the possibility of his father at every turn, every corner. Um, He... He's a person who is destined to be just like his dad. He's been fighting since since he was born. You know, he, he is destined to be exactly like his father, who was a very fallible person. You know, Donnie comes from uh comes from a uh a a, a, a cheating relationship. Uh you know, Apollo the Apollo's infidelity. He's he's a infidelity kid. Um you know, it, I mean, Apollo is a, a fallible character, which is cool. You know, that's neat. And Donnie's definitely a fallible character. You know, he's he's got this giant chip on his shoulder related to his dad. That's not really healed in the first movie, which I think is great. Um, but in that moment, you truly understand where that character is coming from. And that's where you really get into the bones of that character is in that moment. And I mean, and that moment just plays so well because that's, that's when Rock's like, okay, we'll put you back in. And it goes back in and that's when you get the real, like, Rocky suite for the first time, not just, like, fighting stronger, which plays throughout, like, the whole movie, but 
that's when you get the real Rocky Sweep. That Bill Conti score, which, I mean, still rocks the house. Like, that. that's a banger of a score. But that's when you get that for the first time in a movie, and you're like, oh, this is it. He's he's doing this. Uh, man. Between that and then, you know, when he's knocked down, he's down on the mat, and he's seeing everybody, you know, seeing moments from the movie, seeing his connection with Rock, seeing him help Rock get through his cancer. You know, uh, he sees Bianca, he sees his mom. And then there's a flash to Apollo in the ring. And then that's when he snaps awake and, like, pops off the mat. And, like, the announcer says, like, like a man possessed, you know, and he's, he's almost possessed by the ghost of his father. And I'm like, that's... That is... That's great filmmaking, and that's great character... That's, that's great character building in moments. Like, very quick moments. In the big climatic fight, you get such great character building. I I think that first Creed is a real achievement. I think I think that's a I think that's a perfect movie. I genuinely think that's a perfect movie. Um, now all this to say, I'm not actually talking about Adonis Creed from the first movie. I I'm very interested in Adonis Creed in the second movie actually. Uh, so that's 2015's Creed, a perfect movie. Uh, if you go to my letterbox, you'll see that I rated it five stars. Because it is a perfect movie if I've ever seen one. Uh, But. Then. So Ryan Coogler. uh, The great Ryan Coogler. uh, Made Creed. uh, The best fan fiction story of all time. Um, (laughs) Made Creed. Goes on to Black Panther World. Uh, Takes Michael B. Jordan with him. But goes off to Black Panther World. And so, uh, you know, you don't, you don't get him for Creed 2. He's a producer on Creed 2, but you don't get him for Creed 2, which is kind of a real bummer. Um, instead, uh, so for a while it looked like Stallone was actually going to direct Creed 2, uh, you know, and Stallone is responsible for the story in Creed 2, um, or responsible for the screenplay, I should say. He co-wrote the screenplay. Uh, the story actually comes from Sasha Penn and uh, Chio Hidori Coker, which is cool. Um, uh, and the reins are taken up by Stephen Capel Jr., who was a newer director at the time. It really made, like, one movie. Um, and I think Creed Two is a really, really... A very, very, like, very great sports movie. Like, it's a great movie. It's not as good as the first one. If the first one is a five-star movie, this is a four-star movie. Um, It's just not as great as the first one. I think it's missing that Coogler touch. Uh, Coogler has a very specific way to uh, take the environment and make it a part of the character and make it a part of the story. And this, this movie doesn't have a sense of, like, location being important, um, which I think is missing. Also, I think... Creed 2 does a little bit of a disservice to Bianca, uh, Tessa Thompson's character, Bianca. Um, you know, I think there is still an interesting story there that they do with the kid and everything, but it sucks that they, you know, made her a mom. 
that her story is just mommy now. Um, that sucks. But I digress. Uh, Creed 2 does something interesting. So Creed 2 is all about is all about closing that closing that uh, closing that loop and let's let's get that chip off the shoulder. You know, Adonis is now uh, at the beginning of the movie becomes heavyweight champ of the world. Um, you know, beats stuntman. Uh, you know, becomes heavyweight champ, but is challenged by Victor Drago, who is the son of Ivan Drago. Uh, so Victor Drago, played by a uh, Florian Mento, uh, big nasty. Uh, whew, and boy, is he big and nasty. Uh, and Ivan Drago, who's uh, played again by Dolph Lundgren, uh, wonderfully, uh, like amazingly done by Dolph Lundgren. I mean, he's he is how good uh, Stallone was in the first Rock, in the first Creed. Um, he's like fantastic in this movie. Uh, he... Sorry, I have a lot of thoughts on this one, too. Um, so, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about that, and then I'll talk about the point of this movie. Uh, so, it's, it's very much a battle between the sons of the most famous fight in boxing. Um, Ivan Drago is the one who killed Apollo Creed in the ring. Uh, so, this is, this is Donnie's chance to 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 truly truly finish fighting the past this is his chance to get the chip off of his shoulder um this is it. this is his this is his one chance this is this is the biggest thing that he could fight against and i love that that's where the stakes are for the sequel i think that's they went the highest that they could for this sequel um which is incredible one thing of note, uh, just a story thing that I love about this movie. I love that this movie says, okay, so the story of Creed, the first Creed movie, is this super underdog, super underdog, uh, rising to the top. Uh, what's the, what's the, uh, macho man? Randy Savage and Cream always rises to the top. Like, it's absolutely that. You know. That's uh, sick, dude. Um, that's, that's, that's that story. This, Creed 2, says, yeah, we're following Apollo Creed, but also the, the underdog, like the supreme underdog that we're going to follow here is Victor Drago. Victor Drago is the Apollo Creed or the Adonis Creed, excuse me, of this movie in a really interesting way. Um, you know, Victor Drago, like, he, he... Once Ivan, you know, lost that fight to Rocky, you know, was blacklisted across Russia, you know, brought a lot of shame to the family, and Victor Drago is that chance to bring that 
to bring that uh, family back out of the darkness. There's a really great beat where Brigitte Nielsen comes out of nowhere, like, and returns as Victor Drago's uh, now former wife, who's, like, married to the president of Russia instead or something, like, and it, it's amazing, like, it's it's great to show, like, how much Ivan really lost. Like, he lost everything because he lost that fight. You know, this is... This was his life, and he lost everything, which is such a heartbreaking thing. Um, such a total bummer. Uh, but I digress. What we really want to talk about here is Donnie. So you have that first fight. You have the fight. Victor and Donnie. And Victor destroys Donnie. Destroys him. He's too big. He's powerful, he's fast, you know, but he, he's, it's really just like he's so big and Donnie's style just doesn't match, um, you know, it, it, it's a whole thing, you know, and this, this fight is kind of torn up Donnie's life in general, just leading to it, you know, he, when he tells Rock, like, I gotta take this fight, like, I have to do it, you know, Rock drops him and says, like, listen, you're gonna have to do it without me, because I'm, I should have called the first fight with your old man and Drago and I didn't and I watched him die you know and I'm not going to do that with you so you know it brings Rocky to a really interesting point where he's now out of the picture uh Donnie moves back to LA from Philly and you know starts training with Lil Duke Wood Harris is Lil Duke uh you know who's the son of Big Duke who trained uh, who was who was uh, uh, Apollo's trainer? So, you know it, that's so cool. I love I love that they did that. That's that's a subtle thing that you didn't have to do, which is neat. Um, but you know it's, it, it's torn up his life going into this fight, and then he completely he doesn't lose the fight because of a disqualification on Victor's part. Uh, after the bell rings, Victor goes for another hit. Um, which disqualifies him from the fight. Otherwise, Donnie would have lost the champ. He, he would have lost the championship belt. Like, he'd be done. Um, he would have lost the title. And that sends that character on this really interesting spiral where he is he is a broken, broken man, physically and mentally. Um, one of my favorite scenes in the movie is... Uh, yeah, I mean, Don, Donnie's got, like, broken ribs, a ruptured, like, kidney, like, all this stuff. He's got to go through physical therapy, all this jazz. You know, there's... And this is a true, like, Dark Knight of the Soul moment of the movie, you know? And it's a good, like, 20, 25 minutes where this character who, you know, boxing is all he is. It's all he does. This is his life. Uh, doesn't want to do it at all. Doesn't want to touch it at all. And time passes, you know, like, a good amount of time passes because Bianca, you know is pregnant and then has a kid in this time, you know, like it's, it's, it's a good amount of time that passes here. Um, but you know, he, uh, excuse me. Oh man. I'm going to leave that yawn in. That's, that's real y'all. That's real audio. Also, I'm just too lazy to edit, but that's real audio y'all. I love that. Um, so, 
Donnie in his in his physical therapy, you know, he's he's doing the pool therapy thing. And it's cut in with the scene of Tessa Thompson, uh, Bianca, talking to Felicia Rashad, uh, who is Donnie's mom. Uh, well, Apollo's wife, who uh, adopted Donnie. Um, but, yeah, uh, I was talking to her about how, you know, Donnie's, like, checked out. Like, he's he's kind of left everything behind. Like, he, he he's a shell of a man now. <laughs> You know, and Donnie's in the pool doing his physical therapy thing and sinks down to the bottom and just lets out this primal scream at the bottom of the pool. Um, and there's a few moments of the movie that are like that, where you, you realize just how not only is this man broken, but he, he knows it. He knows how broken he is. He knows how lost he is. But he's finally, he's finally got fear. The fear's finally gotten into him, and he he can't shake that. He can't get out of that. Um, you know, this is the worst thing that could happen to him. Is he he can't move anymore. Um, you know, as a boxer, you got to be able to move, and he can't move. He can't move past this. He can't move out of the way of this constant punch that's coming in his face. Uh, this punch of reality that says, you know, you, you truly are just like your father, down to his fault, down to the fact that he, he was destroyed by this big Russian guy, and now you were destroyed by that same big Russian guy. Um, he, he truly is, the, the whole thing, he never wanted to be his father, you know, I think to a degree he wanted to be better than him um he never wanted to be him and now he's realizing he truly is exactly what they all said about him he is his father's son um and that is that's interesting character work there um the darkness that this character goes through in Creed 2 is really interesting. And I think Michael B Jordan's performance in that movie is incredible. I think he's really really good but he is unbelievably good in that movie um because you you get to go through all that pain with him uh you feel it with him you feel it on him you know it radiates off of him there's there's a scene where uh you know after after they have the baby after they have amara um bianca's like listen i gotta get out of the house like can you watch her for a bit and he's like yeah sure i got her and as soon as Bianca leaves, Amara starts crying. Baby starts crying. And she's like, oh, my gosh. Like, okay. And he's, you know, trying to figure out, like, how do I get her to stop crying? Like, <laughs> he calls his mom. Uh, and he's like, listen, mom, how do I get her to stop crying? Like, he's about to cry. Uh, and he goes to the gym. He goes to the gym for the first time, uh, really, since, since the incident. There's a bit earlier where he pulls up to the gym and little Duke sees him out in his car. And Duke's like, listen, like, come in, you know, warm up a little bit, you know, you'll, you'll feel a little better. It'll snap you out of it. And he's like, yeah, no, I'll do it for sure. And he like, he's like, let me, let me grab my stuff and I'll come right in. Uh, and then we see him pulling off, like pulling out and taking off in his stang. Um, so this is the first time that he's really been in the gym. Uh, and it's very late at night. It's, you know, one o'clock in the morning, he's in the gym. And... You know, she's she's quiet and, 
he's, you know, talking to her a little bit. He gets up and he, you know, sees sees the speed bag there, or sees the, the punching bag there. And gives it a couple taps, you know, a couple light taps. And starts working it a little bit. And starts working it, working it. And starts being able to move again. And then feels that terror kicking in. And again, lets out this primal scream. That I think Michael B. Jordan is one of the best, like, yellers in Hollywood. Uh... You know, it's it's very easy for uh, cis men to yell in movies and people be really impressed by it. But I think Michael B. Jordan is, like, actually really good at it because his is always... His always comes from the inside. And you can tell that. It comes from a place of emotion. Uh, and he yells out and he... Then he looks at Amara and Amara kind of centers him. You know, she's looking at him and she's quiet. But she's just looking at him. Uh, and that kind of centers him and he, you know, grabs her and he's like, no, dad, daddy's being a bitch. I know, <laughs> which is really funny. But, um, I, I think there's, there's such a great emotional range that this character shows, you know, um, there's something great there. Uh, and I think they, it, it's a credit to the writing. It's a credit to Stallone's writing here. Stallone and, a. Jewel Taylor. I'm not familiar with Jewel Taylor at all. I have no idea who that is. Um, I couldn't find anything else on them. Uh, but it's a credit to Stallone and Jewel Taylor, uh, the writing here. Because the writing... Before... When 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 Donnie tells Rocky that he's going to take the fight, that he's got to take the fight, Rock asks him, like, what, do, what are you fighting for? Like, what what's your reason? What are you fighting for? Uh, he doesn't really have an answer. And Donnie, over the course of the movie, realizes what he's actually fighting for. Um, and that it's not that he's fighting for his dad. It's not that he's he's, he's fighting for, or, or honestly, for himself, but for his family, for his loved ones. You know, it's it's not that he's fighting against the past, and he's not fighting against the ghost of his father. He's fighting for his future. He's fighting for his place. You know, and that that's that is a full evolution of that character from the first movie. You know, I think the first movie doesn't resolve that stuff, which I kind of love that the first movie doesn't resolve that character stuff for him. You know, it it, it takes the second movie. It takes, you know, some time for him to really come to realize like, oh, this is this is what's going on with me. Like, I, I've been fighting against the past. I've been fighting against my dad. I've been fighting against who I was. You know, now it's time for me to be who I am. And I think that that performance from Michael B. Jordan there is incredible. You see all of that in the performance, which I think is really amazing. Um, it's just credit to the writing, but it's also really a credit to Michael B. Jordan's performance. That Michael B. Jordan's great, man. He's a great actor. He's been a great actor. I've, you know, from when I was a kid, uh, my mom was very big on soap operas. Uh, and I would watch them with her uh, because, you know, soap operas are just comic books. Um, so, you know, we would, we would see Michael B. Jordan on All My Children as Reggie, uh, Jackson's son, you know, and he was, he was fun then, man. Like, I loved that guy then. So to see the actor that he's become now, he's, he's truly amazing. He's, he's a great actor. He's a great actor. And I can't wait to see where he goes. Um, 
we're dropping this episode before uh, Creed 3 comes out this week, um, which sees Michael B. Jordan direct this movie as well, taking up the Stallone levels of, uh, of talent here, you know, directing the movie that he's starring in. Uh, and I can't wait to see it, man. I can't wait to see what he does with the directing, especially, you know, before the movie coming out, he's been talking about, you know, the anime influences because he's he's the biggest weeb. Like, he's such a weeb. Um, you know, and he's been talking about, like, the anime influences and the fighting and stuff like that. And these movies are, I mean, sports movies in general are just anime. But, you know, the Creed movies have done a really great job of being kind of anime influence. Uh, specifically, like, number two. You could tell with Creed 2, uh, the anime influence is there. You know, it's just pretty cool. Uh, but I'm very excited to see what Michael B. Jordan can do. Um, but I think his performance in Creed, but specifically in Creed 2, is truly amazing. I think his performance in Creed 2 is what makes that movie a really excellent sequel. Um... Again, I still don't think it's as good as the first Creed, but that performance really, really elevates that sequel to an amazing height. Um, it's incredible. I, I love that performance, and I love that character. I think Donnie is one of the more important black characters of our generation um, because he's the most relatable. I get it. You know, he's... This whole time he's been he's been fighting against his past. He's been fighting against the specter of his father. And that's something that black men really deal with. Um Yeah, you know, just from experience, that's something that I, I deal with, uh, you know, in a in a couple of aspects to be honest. Um uh and to see that depicted on the screen, you know, there's media, uh, uh, Hollywood and media always have a very specific, uh, interpretation of the relationship between a black man and his father. Um, and it's usually one aspect of either super unhealthy or super healthy. Um, you know, it's either like, Oh, you know, the most, negative relationship to oh a complete course correction and this has to be the most positive relationship possible um but i think that this is a truly earnest depiction and relationship and it it makes sense for a father that he never knew it it works so well there's this great great the last scene of creed 2 is him finally going to apollo's gravestone Saying, like, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm sorry it took me so long to get here. You know, um, but I wanted to tell you, like, I, I did it. I'm the champ. I got the champ, you know, and I've held it. Uh, you know, I, I beat the legacy of the person who beat you. But I didn't do it for you. I did it for me. And I did it for my family. And it has nothing to do with you and who you are. I've I've made the name Creed now. And I, I think that's that's such a beautiful footnote to end it on. Creed 2 could have been the last Creed movie. And it could be a perfect duology. Um it it's it's great. 
it's great. And I think Michael B. Jordan is wonderful, and I, I, I truly treasure these performances. Um, but we do have uh, some duties to perform here. Uh, every episode, we tackle uh, the most important performances, but we also look at four specific points. Uh, we measure them on a metric. Four points that we want to measure against. First one is black excellence. Are they the superior Negro? Uh, the second one is black experience. How black are they? The third one is does it speak to or further the movement and advancement of black people? And the fourth is how has it changed black cinema? Um, so let's go down the list. First off, black excellence. Is Adonis Creed the superior Negro? Um, yeah, I think so. I think he's the best example of black youth in film today. I, I think he's absolutely the best example of it. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I think he's the best example of it. Uh, I would be hard-pressed for someone else to find someone better. So, yes, I, I think he's the best example of it. Uh, you know, tell me that I'm wrong somehow. Uh, go off. I, I, I'll believe you. Um, but, yeah, he gets top marks on that for me. Uh, black experience. How black is this character? All right, listen. First Creed movie, when he first goes up against a stuntman, stuntman Wheeler, uh... <laughs> First thing he does when he gets in the ring, trying to, he's trying to get a uh, little Duke to train him. Uh, first thing he does, he bets his Mustang. <laughs> he bets the keys to his car. That's a pretty black guy thing to do. Uh, <laughs> and then loses and loses that. And I love that that's, you know, the open of Creed 2 is him taking the heavyweight title from Stuntman, uh, but also getting his keys back. And like as soon as he wins, he's like, "Where are my keys? I want my keys!" Like, and I love that. He's a very black character. Uh, I mean, you know, the first Creed movie moves to Philly. You know, uh, he's he's very black, even though, even though he's not fully raised, but you know, is adopted into more bougie, rich black. You know, Felicia Rashad. She ain't she ain't street. You know, um, even even with that, like, still it's. It's a very black experience. Uh, he he, Donnie's a black character. That that's as a black man, um, which is great. Uh, so yeah, he gets he gets top marks. He's he's hella black. Uh, does it speak to or further the movement and advancement of black people? So here's the thing. Yes and no. Um, I think the way that it really does speak to the advancement of black people is the advancement of black storytelling um, in movies. I think the Creed movies do a really good job of advancing that. Um, and it's really just through the relationship of the father. His relationship. <laughs> Sorry, I in my head I sounded like Tom Hardy in uh in Inception. He's like the relationship with the father. Uh, <laughs> and it made me laugh. It took me out of this entirely. That's my bad. Um but I I think that's that's really the way that it changes things. Um I think having this kind of story and having this kind of 
open, you know, open treatment of, uh, this, this kind of open air, excuse me, really yawning today, man, I'm going to leave that one in too. Sorry, everybody. I'm yawning all the time. Uh, just having like this open, I guess open conversation, but you know, just, just being open with this type of a relationship and how raw this relationship is and how real this character is and how real his relationship with his father is and running against his father's legacy and running against his father's name and trying to make his own legacy and trying to make his own name. Um, you know, that's, that's just, again, it's not, it's not a story that's, you know, uh, outlined enough. It's not, it's not something you get a lot in black cinema. Um, you know, not to this degree. And I, I think that, I think that, that furthers, that furthers something. I think that's gonna, I think that's gonna push the advancement of black people a little bit. Let's have more storytelling like this. Um, and it doesn't have to be sports movies. It could be anything, you know? I mean, you could, you could make this a story about, you know, instead of them being boxers, they could be bankers and it still would apply, you know? Uh, it's just, you know, uh, Apollo Creed would be the heavyweight banker of the world. <laughs> and that's kind of funny, but... <laughs> um, how has it black changed black cinema? Uh, very easily, it's changed black cinema. Because, look, Michael B. Jordan's a director now. Michael B. Jordan is another young black... He's a young black director now. And there's not a ton of those. I mean, Coogler is absolutely one. Here's... A uh, really fun, wild thing. Ryan Coogler is like thirty six. Like, like he's he's a young guy, um, you know. So I mean, there's a ton of yeah, thirty six. He's thirty six years old. He's barely older than me. I hate that. Um, I I truly hate that. God, where did I go wrong with my life? Uh, you know. So that's that's a perfect way to you know look at it right there. This is exactly how it's going to change things it, it changes things because that's you, you, you know it, it we have another this is the rise of michael b jordan michael b jordan became michael b jordan purely because of these movies this was this was a starring role that brought him into the forefront this was it um i love that man i i think that's great um I'm so excited to see what he does just in the future. I, I can't wait. What does he direct next? I hope he's not just stuck in like Creed land and keeps directing Creed movies. I hope he keeps doing different stuff too. Um, yeah, more more black talent making movies, please. And thank you. Um, and more young black talent making movies, please. And thank you. Uh, young, gifted, and black. Baby, that's where it's at. Uh... That's it. That's it. We're calling it. Call it. Call it. It's done. Um, that's the episode today. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, I think it was a little more honest and frank than I thought it was going to be, which is cool. Uh, but these movies mean a lot to me, and this performance means a lot to me. Um, so I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, real quick, I'd like to shout out a couple people. A uh, couple patrons. Because, yeah, we do have a Patreon. I have a Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash blackbuster. 
I think it's Blackbuster MJRN. Um, and subscribe and be a patron. Uh, I'd love to shout out Marcel. I love you and thank you. And Andy, I love you and thank you. Thanks for being patrons. Uh, if you pop on Patreon, you're going to get exclusive content that I'm not dropping here. Uh, some of that exclusive content is me watching the first Creed. Uh, we have uh, audio commentary of me watching the first Creed movie. Um, preparation for this episode. Uh so you get to hear me cry on mic, which is pretty exciting. So everyone should go. Uh, everyone should go subscribe just for that. Uh, you subscribe just at the five dollar level, but there's even higher tiers, and some of those higher tiers include getting ready in preparation for season two, because um, season one will be ending at some point soon. Um, in preparation for season two, you get to help program a little bit for season two, which is pretty exciting, pretty cool. You could even be a guest star even be on the episode how about that that's pretty exciting uh if i do say so myself so um yeah go subscribe go be a patron uh patreon is how you get this new audio equipment you see because i didn't have the money for it but thanks to the patrons i was able to get this so thank you patrons I want to be able to take what you give me and put it towards you and make your experience better and be better for you. I love you. Thank you so much. Patreon.com slash BlackbusterMJRN. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. Twitter.com slash BlackbusterMJRN. You can follow me in real life. Don't follow me in real life. That sounds bad. That sounds creepy. Never mind. I'm going to take that one back. Um... But yeah, follow us online and uh, keep listening out for more episodes. This is Black History Month. Uh, I wish I had done more episodes in Black History Month. I'm sorry. I really wanted to. Uh, but getting the new audio equipment and figuring out the new audio equipment was fun and exciting. Um, but yeah, just just so you know, I, I love you all and I appreciate you listening. And I hope that this is a good experience. Shoot me some feedback. Uh, oh, you can email us at blackbustermjrn at gmail.com. Shoot me an email, you know, with some feedback. Uh, shoot me a tweet with some feedback. Call me, beat me if you want to reach me, you know, um, whatever. Man, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your suggestions for episodes. It doesn't mean I'm going to take them, but uh, start guessing what the next episodes are going to be. Because uh, I think I'm going to stop telling you what the next episodes are going to be. Ha ha, so it's a surprise. Ha ha. Um that said, I will be ending the season in March. And I will be ending with a movie that uh I think I've I think I've hinted at this before. But I will be ending with a movie that I think this performance was robbed in the Oscars this year. Uh, I think it was absolutely robbed of a nomination. Um, very, a very similar performance to Creed Two, and that's all I'll say. Um, but that's going to be probably the last episode of this year. And Patreon listeners, if you know what movie I'm talking about, that's probably going to be the next big exclusive uh, Patreon episode. Is uh, me watching that. So, um, 
You can cry with me with that, too. Uh, but anyway, that's it. I swear that's it. I'm actually ending this now. Uh, that's it. Cut it. It's done. Um, until next time, I have been Malcolm Russell Nelson. This has been Blackbuster. You're excellent. I'm excellent. Stay excellent. Stay black. Uh, stay young, gifted, and black. Um, and uh, until next time, yeah. Deuces.